It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, Tyler. Before we start, I just want to have you sign something. <laughs> okay. This is just um, for our safety, safety of the podcast. So if you could just give that a little quick signature, date that. During your swear to not throw or break any of the pickles to your equipment, I agree to not physically harm either hollows. Just go ahead. I think I think this is this is fair. Just put your signature. I might. I will say. I will honestly say I'm probably the most dangerous pickleballer to date. You know we know. We know that's like, why we I'm one action. of the few people in pickleball, if not the only one, that you do not want to make. Go ahead, sign on the line, please. <laughs> and then we can have our conversation. Okay. <laughs> that's so funny. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I saw him pull this out. I'm like, I've died. What's the date? 3-14-2023. We actually did have a pretty lengthy conversation about the only Thank person EJ thinks could beat him in a fist fight or a fight to the death in pickleball. Well, let's do like a fist. slap fight. We've seen those. But that's not a that's not a real fight. Yeah, no, no. We're talking about real getting, fights. Getting getting slapped is different. Getting hit is different. An actual fight, we did talk about this. Right. There's only one person that I think could beat me. In like all of pickleball? In all pickleball. Like pro pickleball. I'm sure there's like some black belt taekwondo or something. My guess would be Kohler. There's no chance. Only because he has a knife. There's well, he's chance. a hockey player. It wouldn't matter. Who is it? Oh, dude, Aiden Laika. Aiden Laika. Oh, he's yeah. too big, too yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, what about Austin Check? The guy with the key. Yeah, Austin. that one. Uh, no chance either. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna put some clothes on before you fight him. Now, I just want to I want to read this um, to make sure the audience understands what was <clears throat> just uh, what just transpired. So it says, "I, Darian Young, hereby swear not to throw or break any of the pickleball <laughs> picklepod studio equipment." I agree to not physically harm either host should they ask me something that makes me angry or otherwise upset. Emotional damage is signed. not only signed. not only okay, but encouraged. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> just no physical. No physical. You, you can't guess we've already started. So the physical um, you just can't recover from. Yeah. Emotional, the emotional is fine. Hopefully, if you do it correctly, there's no recovery from that either. But well, there's one it's that I'm difficult. extremely good at, and the other one I'm okay at. We can Fair. both guess which one is which. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we're rolling. We got DJ Young, the bad boy of pickleball, if he wants to be, uh, which, by the way, I highly recommend it for the brand. And I think you're you're well on your way, but welcome to the Pickle Pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here, you know, next to Thomas Shields and Gucci Navratil. Appreciate it. You, know, so, you were called Zinc by uh, the Voldemort pod, the pod we don't name. 
Yeah, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, same. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some. Uh, you, you're going to announce a, a winner. We have a winner. Oh yeah. I mean, listen. So for the pullover, because we were talking about this, so we're. Oh, it's my boy pullover. lactates. Yeah, it's got to be. It. <laughs> How are we not going to do Chad lactates? For sure. He's easily our number one commenter. He's now commenting on other comments and interacting. So this guy is a great ambassador of the pod. Chad lactates. I'm going to need your uh, shirt size. So we can um, we can get you your uh, your pullover. Uh, we're is still you, looking are, for someone. Is it, to come a, on is the it pod. like a <laughs> is it like a maternity like pullover? Yeah, for, we can make okay. it. Yeah, for, we'll for, for, for lactates. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, his God, name is off to like a, Chad. This is off to a rough start. <laughs> Setus or something, and Zane pronounced it Chad lactates. Ooh, that's a good. Good stuff. I mean, it's all the same letters. No, it's wrong. <laughs> we're still looking for somebody to come on the pod, so we're gonna have a commenter on the uh, come on the actual podcast. We'll see if that's a, a mess or if that's that's interesting. We just hope that he doesn't actually lactate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll make him sign something too. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want no tainted milk as you're talking to him <laughs> coming straight to your face. All right, last thing before we get into it: subscribe, please subscribe subscribe once more subscribe on youtube leave a review on spotify all right ready what to they, actually get into this thing subscribe on youtube okay can you tell them actually can you tell them what to do you better subscribe that's pretty okay. terrible <laughs> here we go all right first question because this is uh what everybody wants to know and obviously we're going to start here how much were you fined okay so <laughs> every single pickable player and non-pickable player that I know has asked me how much I got fined. Truth is, I was very much told that I sh I cannot disclose the amount of the fine. That's, That's fine. I literally, like, I was, re they really made sure that I was not supposed to uh, tell anybody or anyone. So I don't even think my parents know. I'm, I'm scared. That's okay. Yeah. We'll we'll play a game to figure it out. So <laughs> I'm going to name some items, and you're going to tell me whether or not the average price of that item is, uh, or actually if the fine is more or less Ooh, than the average cost. <laughs> it's not. Gallon of milk. More. Okay, that does confirm that there, it's that more there than a was dollar. a fine. It's more than a dollar. Okay, gotcha. Dude, I gotta be honest. In this you, economy, I don't know like, what a gallon of milk costs at all. Not very much. Yeah, maybe like three bucks. Maybe. maybe I don't drink milk. Inflation, yeah. bro. No dairy. Lactose um, Consumer price index. Next one. A uh, carbon paddle. More. Okay. Let's just leave it at that before mm -hmm. I start crying. Mm -hmm. Tesla. <laughs> Less. <laughs> very, mu very much less. <laughs> okay, there you have it. Somewhere between a carbon paddle and a Tessie. Yep, yeah. there it is. Somewhere in the Glad middle. we narrowed it down. Yeah, major takeaway there is uh, it was above, what, 100 bucks? So it was something. It wasn't nothing, which it was wasn't kind of a, inconsequential. Speculation. I yeah. thought it was like a cent. Also, to be fair, I mean, I follow Nick Kyrgios quite a bit. I think he's one of the most entertaining tennis players out Would there. Would you consider him to be your role model? No, <laughs> no, not, not such thing. But I, I might have read something somewhere where, you know, these people are making millions, right? And I think for breaking a racket or something along the, you know, those lines, it was like $500 fine. And these people were making like millions. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like the worst thing to do personally. I mean, I wouldn't encourage it. Hopefully it never happens again. But 
but I mean, I just, you know, I think that uh, at the end of the day, it's just not that big of a deal regardless. That's how I view it. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and again, like, like we kind of said at the beginning of, of this, like it's a, it can be a, a brand. Like, are we expected to pretend like we're all Roger Federer out there or, or Ben Johns who's never shows much emotion? Like that's not, to me, I feel like that's not even healthy, right? To, to keep everything confined. I feel like you, that person has to be exploding in, in some way or another, whether it's on the court or, or, uh, behind closed doors. Like some people just let it out differently. And, you know, I think there's, I think that people resonate with that so much so that, you know, rumor has it McEnroe used to get paid per racket smash because of his <laughs> thing. So. Well, PPA, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will, I will say just anytime that I'm in front of you, let's just not compare Ben Johns to Roger Federer, if, if, if you don't I'm, mind. I'm comparing, <laughs> comparing, comparing demeanor. demeanor. Um, but, I mean, I think I think even Roger, I think it might have been like tw- 2009 Miami. Or yeah, that Miami. Novak Djokovic. Uh, might have been like 0-2 down um, in the third set, missed a forehand, and he smashed the racket. And I don't think anybody ever actually remembers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens from now on. Um, okay, but on that point, by the way, like where it could be a good marketing stunt, like Carvin had the good marketing stunt in the whole, you know, paddle debacle because I'm pretty sure they just sold out after that. <laughs> Your paddle sold out after it got tested last weekend after Rafa challenged it. So uh, I wouldn't say it's off the table to you know maybe toss you a little cheddar to uh make something happen with your paddle and uh, increase sales a little bit yeah no we actually we cut rafa in we were send, <laughs> well, we'll send him a, a commission check actually yeah well adidas so adidas definitely isn't paying him not w- the guys at pro xr was on top of the marketing for that like three hours later they, they reacted had this, so quick they had this yeah. entire thing set up and when they sold out, they ordered some more inventory. And my guy texts me. He's like, we're going to do a discount code. We're going to do a discount code. Thanks, Rafa. I was like, <laughs> damn. Sad there's enough. not too much that's too far for me. But that might be it. Really? <laughs> so I said, I said, all right, all right. Let's do challenge accepted. So discount code, challenge accepted. Pro XR paddles. Real gritty. Proxer. 39.4. Might be Proxer. If you don't, you know, if you don't believe me, just go check out Tropical's review. He was uh, giving himself a pedicure with them. They're so gritty, (laughs) but legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will also just, you know, kind of say, and I'm going to ask you a question. I believe that to some extent, the way that he threw the paddle after he got it challenged, there could be somewhat of a fine in there. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. It was kind of aggressive. You looked a little bit, you know, flustered. You know, it was like, like, like a toss. It was kind of a sick toss. I don't know. I think showing that kind of emotion out there might not be good for you, you know? <laughs> that's true. I almost, I almost hit the ref with it, too. Yeah, after I was, that. I was, was pretty close. Yeah, that's true. I think it's a so, fair question. Yeah. Where do you draw the line? What constitutes a paddle throw that's finable? You had the little toss. In a recent PPA, I think in the Indoor National Championship, Tyler Loon threw his up, like almost hit the ceiling, but he caught it. What about what about pretty? It's a pretty big paddle throw. What about Tardio at MLP during a point? 
like there was like a hand battle going on center court he shanks it the ball goes in but really high he throws the paddle thinking the point oh, and like grabs this. it again right, right and then like right. they play the point out i'm like yeah technically a paddle throw <sighs> i mean I, s- I smell fine <laughs> true <laughs> what about- i'm just saying <laughs> And Connor Pardo would have, if that was you, he would have been out there before he caught it. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been like, here you go. And then DJ. <laughs> Wait, this is one of the questions. And uh, one of the commenters asked this, and I've been wondering the same thing. Did you keep using the paddle or was it like broken? So. <clears throat> <laughs> this is where his, his rehearsed lines come in. So <laughs> actually, so the paddle technically, I guess, is broken, but it's like a line. Like up top. At the top, like at the top, yeah. So it's, it's, it's playable. Oh, 100 percent. There's no that. It's, I haven't tried, uh, mostly because I think when something like that happens, you could start messing with like some tennis elbow stuff. You know, just vibrations and might have made it more poppy even. But yeah, it's definitely playable. It really did not really fully break. It just has like a cut on top, and which is extremely impressive because <laughs> I threw that thing <laughs> hard, very hard. well pickleball memes put out something (laughs) about your paddle riley newman's paddle after a routine hands exchange snapped in half carbon after dj earth (laughs) carbon after dj smashed it into the what was it the core of the earth that that is good that's meme of the week by the way right either that or or the uh the audio enhanced zane meme But anyway, we'll save that for later. That is a good one, too. I mean, there's no better. I've never seen Zane so emotionally invested in a match ever. At one point. I'm always emotionally invested. Here's the thing. At one point, I don't know which match it was, but I I hit a shot or he hit a shot and I started yelling at them. And then I turned around, started yelling at Zane. And he just looks at me and starts yelling back. <laughs> and I'm like, this is great. This is exactly what I need. And then we went on to winning the match, obviously. And um, yeah, no, I like the little I think it's great. There. I will also, I'm really curious, what made you want to yell for 4.19 seconds? That was unbelievable. It was the best thing ever. Every time I watch it, I just laugh. I don't even need the enhanced audio. I was just yelling. I started yelling like a normal yell. And then I was like, oh, I kind of have a lot left in my lungs. If I do this for long enough, I'll probably be on memes of pickleball. And I was, after those thoughts went through my head, I was like, damn, I might as well just keep going. Yeah. And like, oh, I'm still yelling somehow. Because like if, if I went, if I did a two and a half second yell, that's just obnoxious. But if I drag it out for four and a half seconds, then it's like, okay, this guy's just memeing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just memeing. So, so what made you want to stop yelling? Just run out of air, or <laughs> I, I honestly, I felt like I was yelling for like thirty seconds out there. I was like, okay, <laughs> enough's enough. In Rafa, that, in that the referee's already called the score. <laughs> That's fair. I just don't think you do it long enough to the point where you realize that it was actually only four seconds. I know it. It felt like an eternity out there for yeah. sure. Yeah. It that did. time just stopped. It did. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. So you guys had a uh, pretty eventful match there, and then I believe at the end, which one of you was hip thrusting? Oh, I was hip thrusting. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely hip thrusting. And who was your inspiration uh, for that? Is it Altaf? I know you mentioned that uh, Kyrios, <laughs> you're a big fan of him. He got fined for hip thrusting oh. in the past. Did he? Well, 
he hip thrusted very aggressively three times and it was everywhere. I don't remember if he actually got fined for it. That'd be mm. pretty impressive if he got fined. Have you seen the clip? I have not. Jamie, throw it in. We're not going to show you. I got excited for a second. <laughs> so, okay. So I know actually, everyone I wants to hear me say Altaf. Truth is, I never really think of Altaf, even though I like him a lot. Um, <laughs> there, <laughs> there is this warm-up. So I have a warm-up routine that I learned from my uh, strength and conditioning coach. And when I'm trying to warm up my pelvis and my and my um, spine, mm -hmm. I actually do this rotation back and forward mm -hmm. with my pelvis. So it, I do it every day, probably like 30 times a day. And so I just think it's becoming just a natural thing for me to do. I mean, everyone makes fun of, fun of me when I'm warming up at the pickleball tournaments. But then they realize that I could throw a paddle at them, and <laughs> yeah, then they then they get yeah, real they quiet, just, real they quick. Stop. <laughs> so you, can you do? Can you um, look directly into the camera and go over the pelvis thrust again? And we're just gonna play some music, and you tell everybody about your pelvic uh, thrusts. The the warm up, or or just uh, the actual. Let's just talk them through it. Should I get up? <laughs> get really sexual. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you didn't get fined for that. Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. Did they make you clean up the court? Well, it never came out of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So one of the questions that I have, and I have my own opinions because I've smashed paddles, I've thrown paddles, I've, you know, I've, I've abused paddles in, in many ways before. Um, what is the most satisfying form of paddle abuse is it a smash is it a throw is it something else the most satisfying one <sighs> oh, that's a good question so i i th i would go along with what memes of pickleball says and i think just trying to crack the earth's core with the paddle itself might be the most satisfying one in my opinion because i think there's there's something about that quick you know motion that in you know just applying a lot of pressure into something very rapidly and then it's just i don't know but at the same time it's only like half a second and you kind of regret it but i would say that's the most satisfying one it's it's like it's like a half a second incredible feeling and you're like Oof, yeah wait so i'd say there's oh, pros no. <laughs> pros and cons to all of them right yeah so like a paddle throw a good can be really really nice and fulfilling sometimes and, and occasionally if you throw it to the right place like a, a grassy field it can land softly and sometimes you can really throw the paddle very far and it won't break which is like the best of both worlds you got your you got your anger out but you also didn't break your paddle i will say for me smashing a paddle feels barbaric i feel like i'm above that i prefer a good swift snap over the knee tyson style although he didn't he didn't crush that one and we all know it was already like partially broken right like there's no way he just clean snapped that thing he I wants credit for the clean snap but i don't think it was a clean snap I'm i think it was sure. already partially broken wow paddle snap gate yeah. I, I think i truly think you would change your mind if, if you were able to throw it as hard as i do and you can feel the ground shake after it actually makes contact with the ground, I think you would change your mind. Absolutely. Probably. Yeah. I think you gotta frisbee it just as far as it can go and just see how much hang time you get. 
Yeah, but what are the chances that something actually happens afterwards? That you hit a car, you hit a person. Is what it is. You deal with the consequences later. It's all about the immediate satisfaction. That's a future you problem. (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we don't get there. (laughs) What if? All right. If you were to take, uh, what if we filled a bag with a bunch of paddles and went out to like a disc golf course? And just play disc golf with. Uh, Ooh. Shout out to Trot Pickleball for the idea, but it sounds like it would actually be pretty fun. It sounds like something that I would be extremely good at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'd load up with some gearboxes. You don't want them breaking, right? I uh, feel like they're probably aerodynamic because they're kind of thin. Or that you know? Yola like round paddle they just came out with. That's you know? true. Basically like a circle with a handle. There's there's the Pro Kenex stuff. Those are kind of like circular shaped i don't know oval i the ovation oh yeah, yeah yeah i've always kind of wondered and i thought about doing this at one point and then didn't what paddle throws the farthest it's gotta it's gotta have to do with the shape of the paddle for, for sure. sure and the most aerodynamic one so it's got to be without an edge guard it's got to be thin for sure so mm-hmm. it travels through the air better so i would say Probably even the pro at that point, the evasion. Mm-hmm. Bro, what in the actual hell is this? <laughs> I, 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 That's just my girlfriend. Ooh, Zara? Dude. What? We didn't even talk about this. No. <laughs> he, get, he gets a text message. Wait, did you not know that? <laughs> no, whose phone is this? Wait, you got to show that. That's my camera. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know whether to be, like, flattered or really uncomfortable i just you know i just a little bit of both you're the one you're the one who said she's that was that was not scripted here's the thing you can't you can't throw yourself flowers of how you look as a girl and then not accept the fact that men are attracted to you afterwards i guess i just wasn't ready for it (laughs) anyway are we uh are we ready to review no so let's we'll save that for the end so it's not like super disjointed Love. We're going to do a little uh, paddle toss, but we got a bunch of videos of paddle tosses, breaks. We're going to do a little review, so we'll do that at the end. Fun. Um, in the meantime, should we talk about roids? Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's do it. So the, uh, the big question is, <clears throat> what is more advantageous in pickleball, steroids or illegal paddles, carbon or crack? <laughs> Yola. That's the name of the segment. Carbon Jula or juicing. Oh, I got a couple of these. Paddle tech or PEDS. Pro XR or PCP. Selkirk or stimulants. Hudef. <laughs> Why are you laughing already? Just let me just stop. Hudef or heroin. Whoa. Adidas or Adderall. <laughs> 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 anyway, I'm done. <laughs> that was a lot. So, wait, what was that the was question? A lot. What, 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 is, what is more advantageous in pickleball? An illegal paddle or a illegal substance, which can be, I, I would guess, would be certain stimulants and steroids. Some HGH. You'd have to, I mean, you'd have to do the steroids over a, a long period of time, right? You got to do like cycles and stuff. Not that I know that much about it or anything. Uh, Thomas on steroids confirmed on the podcast. Yeah, I don't think anybody's accusing me or uh, suspecting me of uh, doing steroids. And, and to be honest, DJ, I think you're pretty clear of the accusations too because you couldn't even break a paddle properly. That thing was still intact. But he was pretty angry. That's true. 
<laughs> so I, actually, you're gonna have I, to answer this once and for all. So okay, so I will steroids? say no, <laughs> but I don't think I was actually mad at the moment that I threw my paddle. It just felt like like it was kind of like one of those things you're just not thinking and you're doing like kind of like an instant gratification thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, the, like in the moment, like boom, and you're like, oh, that felt good, and then you like wait. But I wasn't mad. Like, I can, you can watch me go and be like, sorry, guys. And then afterwards, I went up to Federico and Pablo and, like, you know, high-fived them. I think I'm, I might have even gave Federico a hug. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, it is what it is. But I wasn't, like, mad. Like, there's no such thing as, like, anger issues, I don't think. Now, um, I would probably argue that – now, I, are steroids and PEDs the same thing? Yeah, steroid is a – well, steroid typically refers to like an HGH or something like that, and it's a type of performance-enhancing drugs, which could be anything really. Like you'd be like, oh, caffeine's a performance-enhancing drug. It's just like yeah, we're right. draw the line what's legal, what's not. Yeah, I mean that's that's really tough. I really do think definitely <clears throat> PEDs are more of a cheat code thing than illegal paddles in my opinion. Uh, I don't have a – extremely good knowledge on you know which pvs are there i don't know much about how they work what they i mean i know they basically you know don't make you tired right like but i don't know what people could take i know adderall could be one of them i know that's banned in in certain uh sports and if not all sports probably what amphetamine it's probably one of those two well, i would guess so i think anything that like i think there's a couple different tiers right so there's a couple things that would be instant improvements to your game, right? Like a, a, an illegal paddle would pretty much inst almost instantly make you better. You'd have to obviously get accustomed to whether it's more spin or more uh, deflection. You'd need to maybe a couple days to get used to that. Mm -hmm. But I think performance-enhancing drugs would depend on the performance-enhancing drug. Like if you're somebody who is not prescribed a, a stimulant like like an Adderall. I think that it would help your ability to focus. But then again, I don't know if there's other downsides to it. Like, you know, just anecdotally, I've had buddies in high school who were like on Adderall and then we'd go to, to gym class and they wouldn't really feel like doing anything. They'd be locked the hell in at science class. <laughs> but like it, when it came to gym, they were like, not really about it so i don't know if there's if there are downsides or what the downsides would be to taking like a focus drug i don't know what would either of you guys think i think you would just lock in like if you've ever taken adderall one it's just an energy boost but two it, it really makes you focus and so you're just more locked in and uh i don't know that can be a difference maker in in some matches i mean some people were commenting saying I used to take Adderall and when I would use it during matches, I 100% noticed an improvement in my ability to focus and my energy levels. So, I mean, you know, there's an advantage here, but like, you know, is that really an unfair advantage? I think the real question is like, if somebody's taking human gro growth hormone for three, four, six months, a year, their change of pace, their ability to stop and start, their ability to hit the ball is going to be heavily impacted. Like it's absolutely going to make you a better pickleball player, particularly 
when it comes to singles, right? Not so much in doubles, but singles, those passing shots, the ability to track down, a, um, I don't know, like a, a well, one of your opponent's passing shots, right? Mm-hmm. And then the ability to, you know, cut, you know, get a get a ball and stop and get to the other side of the cart, court, court quicker, particularly if you're like an older player, right? And there's a lot of older players in pickleball who could benefit from that. Let me ask you this. Who's your top three that you think is taking some uh, PVs? Oh, pickleball? boy. Um, Let's hear it. Altoff Merchant. Oh. Uh, oh God, I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> just, get, just give it to I me. I can't say it. Um, let's see. Like, truly, like, not necessarily that they're, like, on, you know, a certain cycle, but, you know, maybe they're, you know, taking something that would probably be viewed as illegal in a different sport that you think they might be on. I'm not I, saying you're accusing them, just more of a, oh, I think, you know, this person could be on it. I bet there's a bunch of people taking Adderall. No doubt. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one, right? <clears throat> because, like, Adderall, what if somebody is, like, genuinely ADD and they've been they've had to be on Adderall since well, they were, like, Like Simone Biles. Remember what happened with her? No. She was prescribed. Then during the Olympics, it was a, listed as a banned substance. And she ended up just withdrawing from the event altogether because she was like, I'm so used to taking it. If I don't take it, it's going to impact me. Yeah, I think that that's a legitimate thing, right? So like there's people who are actually ADD who are, who are uh, prescribed medicine that they need. And then there's people who aren't who are looking to take it as an advantage. So what do you do? Like do you need a prescription? Well, anybody – I, I'm pretty sure it's pretty easy to go get a fake subscription or prescription for that stuff. Subscription. Subscribe. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, bet, you better subscribe. Um, but, like, at least when I was in high school, all you had to do was say, like, I, I can't focus in class. Mm-hmm. Boom. Here's your here's your Adderall if you wanted to. Like, I don't think that's difficult to to do. So what do you do? Do you outright ban it for everybody? Do you go the you need a prescription route? Like, I guess what is the, I'm just trying to say it it sucks for somebody who genuinely needs it, but where do you draw the line of this person genuinely needs it, that person's cheating. And just for the record, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, there's a bunch of Twitter uh, back and forth from a bunch of the pros actually yesterday, like midday and last night about how they're basically implying that they think some people are are taking steroids, whether that's performance-enhancing drugs. Whatever that is, I don't know. If you want to see a bunch of the screenshots, we kind of archived a bunch of it on thedinkpickleball.com. So just go to thedinkpickleball.com slash performance-enhancing drugs or just Google it and you'll you'll see it. Um, But, I mean, that kind of popped off out of nowhere yesterday and there's been a bunch of back and forth and a lot of different people chiming in one of the main points was like, okay, well, if it's happening, how do you test for it? And are we at a point where you could even regulate it, even if you wanted to? Yeah, I think Casey Patterson, I noticed on your post, had a had a pretty good point. Like, it'd be great if we could test for the stuff, but still, his, his point is that there's still not enough prize money to really test for performance-enhancing drugs. Super expensive to do. I'll actually just read his comment. As someone who's had to fill out a 24-7 location and travel schedule for WADA and USADA, which are drug testing agencies, it's not easy. 20 years of 
testing reps knocking at my door at 6 a.m., random beaches, eating lunch with family, and anywhere else I went. That's just the athlete's side. Until PB is in the Olympics, it might not be possible. Tough to justify the cost of testing and the hassle. That's just from a logistics standpoint. My personal opinion is test everyone and catch all the cheaters. I just know it's so gnarly to actually establish as a pro tour. And that was going to be one of my like points is it's going to be so expensive to do this. Like it's going to be unbelievably expensive to do this. I think, you know, a suggestion would be just make a drug policy, <clears throat> no enforcement. Right. But if someone's caught with needles sticking out of their butt or whatever, right. <laughs> like, okay, you're, you're cheating. You're, you're banned, whatever. Right. We're not going to blood test people, but you know, at least having a policy in place, I think, could be a slight deterrent. I don't know. Yeah, could you just like test randomly? I mean, what do you have to test blood? Could you just be? I don't know how. To, I don't like, know how I don't to test. Know what it would actually entail. Lucy Kovalova was like, "Let's just test every player before Austin tournament. Let's see how many suddenly wouldn't be able to make it." It's like, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's really hard. Like I, I follow UFC quite closely. I know that a lot of the times, I mean, it could be. I think like you know the guy was saying um you know it could be 2 a.m and you're sleeping and someone's knocking on your door like all right brother come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's right. get tested i don't think we would necessarily need that at the moment i mean we're not we're not making that much money with prize money anyway so it's not like uh it would make sense for all of us to have to go through that anyway uh that said though i think it wouldn't be the worst thing to randomly test by people at a tournament and see what happens, you know, and just kind of, and I think just by doing that kind of like, you know, going back to my fine is like, okay, well, you know, maybe because we did this, uh, it's going to stop other people from doing it because there could be next. So I think, I think doing that might be, might make more sense if it's possible in a way than just, you know, drug testing Zane Avertil at 4am in the morning when he's <laughs> doing squats like, which is what he does it for yeah, yeah no exactly this guy's up at crazy hours i'll text him <clears throat> 8 p.m next thing i know it's like oh i got a text from never till <laughs> all right i text except i'll text you back at like 5 15 the next morning yeah no exactly. i'm asleep at eight that's what it is yeah. <laughs> i'm just gonna start at eight um i think it's interesting because i think there's there's obviously people think of steroids and they think of the way that like a baseball player would use it or a fighter would use it but not necessarily the way a cyclist might use it for recovery right and that's the thing you play singles on thursday and then you have to go out and play two more events friday and and saturday like i think a recovery type of steroid i don't really know what that is is would be very advantageous you know there's things that aren't i think the word is exogenous like outside the body that you can use that are illegal like blood doping is where you basically take blood from yourself when your blood is very oxygenated mm -hmm. and not filled with lactic acid you go play a eight hour day and then you go replace your current blood with your old blood which is oh my god yeah no no, it's a hey, thing hey dj why does uh zane know so much about this 
I am so lost right now, and I'm starting to have my own questions about all of this. <laughs> I mean, everybody was saying you were looking pretty buff. You're starting, I, I have you're been, starting to get a little more emotional on the court. <laughs> I don't know, oh, boy. That's a must. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I've got uh, I've got cakes now. <laughs> yeah, you, you got cakes now. <laughs> I got the booty. I mean, she's looking at Zara. Zara. <laughs> Either or. She goes by both. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> Um, I think one of the points people made was that there's not enough prize money to incentivize people to to do it right now or or to cheat to right cheat? now. It's like I would completely I don't, disagree. I, I disagree with that, especially if you're like uh, you know a top ten player. I mean, any imagine if you could get to top five from top twenty. I mean, that's pretty substantial for your career right now. Question though, so. As Zan and I know, I don't know how much you know, but a lot of our money comes from appearance fee. So if I was to subtract that from my actual prize money at a tournament, I don't think I'd be making a lot of money personally. So if it just if it came just from prize money and you went from like top ten to top five. I don't know how much more you'd be making just exclusively from prize money. But truly. that's that's like that's like actual fees from or like payouts from tournaments. I'm talking about like if you were sort of like a top 30 player, but now you're a top five. You're doing so much for your brand, for potential sponsorships, for a bigger deal with a you know a paddle company. There's, there's a, there's a, a lot, lot of, of reasons to want to be good. And like, it's not necessarily the prize money. Like you said, like prize money is, <clears throat> is a somewhat small variable thing, but like you'll get better sponsors if you're winning. Honestly, I just brought that up because I thought he said prize money. I promise. <laughs> I, no, I, I did. literally thought you, you said prize money. I was I like, did. well, <laughs> you For get sure. 200 bucks to win around. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think overall money for your brand is is larger agreed substantially if you're if you're doing well agreed um still and and i don't even think that it's the money thing right i think there are people who are so competitive that just want to win like it could be zero dollars now obviously money's a motivator for some people winning's a motivator for others and some combination of of both is probably where every pro pickleball player is but i think some people would do it just to win regardless of money i could see that i just would feel like a cheater if i, if I just <laughs> yeah. i feel like like if i if i regardless of who it is if i saw somebody like competing at like let's say for whatever reason like let's say cristiano ronaldo in soccer and i look at him and i and i see who it is who he is as a person as an athlete and what he's done and then now in three years, oh, he's been doing like PEDs for like 20 years. I'd be like, all right, well, there, there he goes. Like, there's like no respect for this person anymore, mm -hmm. in my opinion, as an, you know, lower level athlete to, you know, a higher level athlete. But I just don't think, I don't know. I just, I think you should just work hard and try your best and figure it out and just try to find ways to just cheat your way around, truly, personally. But, yeah. I think we kind of all agree with that, right? Yeah. I think that's pretty much the prevailing philosophy or outlook yeah. on P. I think you should do steroids to win. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever it takes. Winning at all costs. Like I said in previous <clears throat> podcasts, man, call every ball out, take steroids, call every ball out, 
and we're good. That's it. It's Just good that you're ass. wearing a uh, Chicago Slice shirt right now as you say all that. Slice when, it up, baby. When in doubt, call it out. Um, okay, so during your, Zane, your match with Rafa, and then you both played Rafa and Tardio, that one got heated. What are you guys saying to each other out there? Like Me and me and DJ? Yeah. or no, no, Well, yeah, and then like to the other team when you guys are chirping at each other. Like it's clear things are being said, but from the live stream, you just can't tell. Like what are you guys saying to each other? Go ahead. Well, Gabe was pretty quiet, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> but I actually, I don't really chirp. I really don't chirp to the other side of the net at all. I don't know. Do you? I don't, I don't even like, I don't even hear it a lot of times when other people are, are saying stuff. I think, so I do chirp. I think I truly, and I talked to my dad about this recently too. I, I have been kind of, before the paddle throw, I've been kind of like too stoic, kind of like not showing emotion, just, you know, Callum Dawson ate it up, you know, just kind of, oh, okay, whatever, we'll play pickleball. And after the paddle throw, now that it's going to happen again, <laughs> oh boy <laughs> but I, I i realized i'm like you know like i just think i should be myself out there and i think a lot of people are going to start getting their feelings hurt at some point and so this tournament I, it kind of came out more uh to where like i just wanted to like yell get in people's faces and just kind of see what happens and i think it worked out pretty well uh and in certain times i was definitely talking to my opponents I wasn't trying to be disrespectful or anything. Like, it wasn't fully, like, I don't like you. Like, there's nobody that I dislike aside from uh, Zane. Uh, even though... Can't you know, blame you. There's Zara. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the same time... Real uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that that's just being me, and I definitely do say some stuff. Uh, like, I remember I was playing Jay and Andre, and I said something along the... Like, Jay missed the third, and <clears throat> I was like... You're nervous. You're so nervous. <laughs> and <laughs> and then at one point, so PPA posted this. It was 11-11-1 for us in the second game, and he did a speed up uh, that I basically hit as an overhead, and I clocked it at 90 miles an hour, and I started just kind of like yelling, woo <laughs> you know. And and I think I think things like that just kind of get in their head at the same time. Yeah. You know, I don't think I take it to a point where it's disrespectful yet uh it might get there at some point uh but i do think it's just part of who i am and it's definitely going to be happening more and more so i do say some stuff yeah i mean i have like, to say we ha we have to play that clip on this this is the craziest counter i've ever seen no i know exactly what you're talking about he squatted down jay sped up and he was taking he took a full swing overhead from the kitchen off of jay's speed up yeah. like andre almost got murdered yeah i will also say actually he would have been he would have been fined for that if andre died i agree if that went through his chest man poor guy uh but i will also say i think it was we were down like eight nine in the third against Rafa and Tardio, and Zayn hit a terrible, terrible third. <laughs> and then Tardio put into the net with like a back in like overhead basically. And I was like, "There's poop in his pants for sure." <laughs> There's poop in his pants, <laughs> so that he could hear it. I I mean I said it, but dude, it's so loud on center court. Yeah, yeah. Any center court that you go to, especially you know somewhere like the uh, like Daytona Beach. Or when we were at the uh, Columbus, Ohio, 
like you would have to be extremely loud for anyone to hear what you're saying. But I definitely <laughs> saw poop in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Rafa say "Yeah, baby" a couple times. Yeah, like you, you, you two are probably chirping. I pretty much like am in my own world out there for the most part. For yeah, for four point nineteen seconds, you were. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I mean, like, I, I'm gonna say if we if we took the total amount of yelling time from that match. I think Rafa still has yells more. I just yelled all at once, right? So yeah, there were a lot of yeah babies coming over from yeah. from over yeah, there. Yeah, baby. So I don't I don't mind the chirping either. I think it's interesting. I think we need boom mics on the court to pick it 100%. up. Hundred percent. And also, for sure, a thirty second tape delay because I say some shit out there. <laughs> I say like yeah. not to the opponents. I'll just say some stuff to, right, to right, DJ right. and. Yeah. Uh, he does say some stuff to me. <laughs> I say some. Funny. I, I I keep it loose out there a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I might need to if we get boom mics. You know, I thought memes of pickleball was what was going to cancel me. That's what that's what it's going to be like. It's going to be rough for me. I will say too, Callum Dawson. Uh, I mean, I love the guy. He's a really good friend of mine. We've been we've known each other for like ten years, and he has some of the best one liners on a pickleball court that you will ever hear. And but I, it's like, but he's like calm and cool about it in his yeah, delivery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's just perfect timing. You never expect it because he doesn't say a word, and then he'll just throw something before you're about to serve, and you're just like, "Time out! I can't, <laughs> I can't, serve, I can't serve right now." <laughs> I played rec with with Altoff and Jay the day before singles, and Altoff was chirping the entire time. Obviously, like losing to Jay in in this. <laughs> But um, actually, it was pretty close. But like every time they would get in a hands battle, Altoff was winning all the hands battles. Jay was winning everything else, but Altoff was his poppy in the the hands battles. Altoff goes, turns to me after one of them. He's like, "You can't lose to them tomorrow, or whatever it was Friday. You can't lose to him. He has croissant hands." <laughs> I should have told you that before we played him. So good. <laughs> He's got croissant hands. Well, at one point in that match, so it was pretty late in the second game, and I was popping four hands up like a madman. And Jay was winning some hand battles. And I turned around as you were like laughing at me. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I can't lose to Jay hand battles. Like, what's going on? This is not okay. So that's pretty funny uh, <laughs> that uh, I lost to someone to. Uh, has croissant hands so. <laughs> i can already see the instagram clip of this yes. one jb is yes. gonna have some picture of jay like this shout out to alta for the all-time one-liners <laughs> yeah. uh wait okay so then on that one you just he must have just telegraphed it and you're just ready for it i mean it was the first time in the match that he put a second hand on his battle like literally yeah. Like everything was like out of the air volley uh dink roll or it was letting it bounce and slice and then he just let it bounce and put a second hand. So there's only one thing you can do with it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, got destroyed. Right. So there's certain players who like they have a tell basically. You're like, "Oh, here it comes." Yeah, I'm, but I mean, I think it's pretty it's pretty standard for everyone, right? Like usually most people will not give you a one-hand slice cross court dink, a two-hand top spin dink and then they'll speed up. Like they'll just like do one thing is like oh speed up you know mm -hmm. i think i think most people telegraph their attacks most of the time yeah and the ones that don't are the best at it right right ben riley that goes pretty good at it so 
Yeah. But even if you do telegraph, like there's still players who, you know, it's coming, but you don't know where the ball's going to go. Right. Yeah, and for sure. A simple inflection in the wrist can change the trajectory of the ball. And so you still don't even know where it's going to go, even if you know it's about to be sped up at you. Yeah. But I think, I think if you're playing somewhat the right strategy and you're covering the right spot and so is your partner, I think it's extremely simple to just recounter that attack. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Ben and Colin are a huge example of that. Like, you know, Colin t- takes a step back, Ben sits forehand, and then I was like, okay, where do you go? Fully cross court? It's pretty hard to do. So I, w- I would say there's things you can do on the court that even if they don't telegraph it, you're like, okay, if I cover this spot, you know, if the ball's coming from this angle, I know that I have to cover this side of my body. That gives me a 77% chance of success. Yeah. It's good math right there. How'd you? It's pickable tips for you right there. <laughs> yeah. And subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He's got it now. Oh, uh, I do remember. Remember when we played with uh, Kevin Durant over at those courts near South Lamar? Of course. And I, I remember playing against you and I remember playing against Deckel that day and thinking with both of you, even if I knew you were about to do something, I mean, the way you guys can like invert your paddle or just change the angle, it's like, I didn't know what was about to happen. Yeah. And I could be up with my hands ready and it didn't matter. I mean, you. Well, then you got to like, deal with the counter counter, right? Yeah. The, your counter recounter. So yeah, it gets pretty tough out there for sure. Happens so quick. Carbon paddle. Yeah. It's added a lot of, a lot of attacking to the game. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you can know it's coming, but I mean, a lot of people know when my my backhand speed up is is coming. But yeah, but you, like you put have in like a good nine good out spot. of ten success rate with it, for sure. I was doing pretty well this weekend. Yeah, you, yeah, you were. You hit a couple, and you're like, "Sorry, dude." And I was like, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> yeah, I was like eighteen for twenty. I was like, "Oh my bad." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like never do it again, bro. Gosh. All right, where are we at, Tommy? I don't know. One thing we do need to cover is the fact that uh, your team just took a uh, investment from Dude Perfect, valuing the team at five million. Are we saying all the major league pickleball teams are valued at five million now? Is that where we are with this? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So first off, Dude Perfect, that's sweet, right? There's what a what an incredible fit and pretty awesome to have that group involved in in pickleball. And just the the demographic that they reach, which is you know, younger younger people who younger. are involved in in sports and love sports. So like, I'm super stoked to be to be part of that team and really interested to see, you know, what exactly that that looks like. Um, five million bucks valuation. Now, they didn't buy the team outright for for five million dollars, right, right, right. but they they purchased a stake that would value the team at five yep. million bucks yeah which i don't know i think there's a there's definitely a scarcity element here right where we there were you know 50 plus people who were vying to purchase teams at at a million right or whatever they were sold for last time you know i I don't think it's an unrealistic valuation is it a is it an investment that they're looking to like return on tomorrow? Obviously not. No. Right. I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think? You're a billionaire. What do you, what do you, uh, what are you willing to 
Well, I spend. Okay, so I think in this case, it wouldn't come at all down to fundamental financials. It would come down to what does the market value it? What right. is the market price? And while the market price is apparently $5 million because that's what someone was willing to pay. So that's kind of what the floor is right now. Uh, and we'll see if more people come in and make investments at a price like that. It's kind of like, you know, Bored Apes, for example. What the hell is the value of a Bored Ape other than everybody wanted to buy one? So it drove the price up. And as you said, scarcity of pro teams that you can actually buy into. I wonder if that's a, I don't know, I wonder if that's a controlling interest in uh, clean cause or in the Frisco team or a, or a non-controlling interest. Because that extra 2%, let's say that this $5 million valuation gets them 49%, right? I bet you this is a seven, eight, nine, ten million dollar valuation for that extra two percent, where you have controlling interest over the, over the, um, over the team. Mm. I think that that extra well, that no. extra two percent would they would pay a whole lot more they for. You just have to pay more to, and then it would be up to the other owners to decide whether or not they were willing to relinquish that much equity. Right, but the other it doesn't owners change the would, valuation. Well. Sure, but I don't think that they would they they I don't know if they got fifth control of this team for five million dollars. No, they didn't Con unless they paid not. over two point five million. If it's a five million dollar valuation, you need to own fifty percent or more or fifty one percent essentially, right? No, I I understand the, the valuation thing, right? Maybe I maybe I don't. But if you if you you would pay more for controlling the team than you would for an interest in the team, I would guess. I think there's more value in being able to control all the decisions of the team, right? So let's say they just purchased 49% for um, $2.5 million, which would, which would basically be the $5 million valuation. Mm -hmm. Is Clean Cause going to relinquish complete control for that extra 2%? Like they would to relinquish control, I would assume that they would want more. Yeah, it than would the be, two. It would simply just come down to the negotiations. So I think that's that's an interesting piece of things. I, I'm curious whether they have con full control over the decision making of the the team. I doubt yeah. it. I mean, they could have written a hundred grand check into it, right? They could have paid a dollar for some amount of of equity. They could have paid over two point five and now have a controlling interest. Nobody knows. It's just basically like, okay, what check did they write? And then how much percentage were did they do they get based on that five million dollar valuation? So who knows? I would bet that no, they do not have controlling interest. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Most the the I think the almost all of the teams, the controlling interest still lies with the original owner. It'll be interesting to see more news. Uh, it's it's only really come out so far in a in a podcast that uh, I believe Steve was was on. What was that called? Like Sportico? Sportico, yeah. They're like yeah, another irrelevant podcast. <laughs> um, should have been on the Dink podcast, the Pickle Pod. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting when when MLP and Dude Perfect come out with their statements. I haven't seen anything from that quite yet. Yeah, usually they do some big like PR push, but it came out through Sportico. Maybe Sportico like negotiated that or like paid to have um the drop on it hmm. i don't know but frisco, frisco clean cause dude perfect 
is going to get a win this MLP. Yeah. I mean, I just want to go to the Dude Perfect uh, headquarters and play some pickleball and record this podcast. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring you with if you promise not to break anything. Well, that place probably has a lot of things to break. <laughs> no promises. DJ. Yeah. I did this one time. We should go to a rage room. Have I you ever- thought about that. <laughs> so I was in Minneapolis with Jay. And we had just, uh, we were staying together. And we had just lost uh, the semifinals and the bronze medal, unfortunately. And on the way back to dinner, there was a rage room. No way. I promise. And I looked it up. And it was it was pretty cheap. It was like I think it was like seventy five bucks at most to like start breaking things and give you like golf clubs, baseball bats. And I was like, this would be amazing if I didn't already do it on the court. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But you know, two hundred dollar carbon paddle or seventy five dollars, and you all you can break uh, uh, china glasses. <clears throat> I don't know. But here's the thing: like, I totally get it, and I'd be down to experience it. I don't have anger issues. Like, you know me pretty well off the court. Like, I'm, like, pretty chill. Hey, and you, you you, better not because you just signed that contract stating that you, you wouldn't have any, particularly for this episode. So just <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, now I'm just, just want to bring that up again. I'm, a, I'm, the, I'm on their contract right now. <laughs> <laughs> just wait until we get out. <laughs> it's true. What does, what does that extend to? <laughs> when we were, like, thinking of ideas for when you came on, I was, in my mind, picturing us in the alley over here, all with paddles, just trying to, like, throw them and, and <laughs> see what episode. we could do, what kind of damage we could do. <laughs> all the people in town for South by. They just like look down and out. South by is like right there, the main conference. It's like they just look in an alley and see uh, uh, all three of us just throwing paddles at the ground. Like, oh, this is Austin, Texas. Yeah, that is as Austin, Texas. As it's a pickleball hotbed. How we do it. Fit Aid Energy. It's time to upgrade from artificial sweeteners and chemically derived caffeine. Fit Aid Energy is the ultimate energy drink that is always naturally sweetened and filled with clean caffeine from green tea. Fit Aid Energy contains a combination of performance ingredients to give you the boost you need on and off the pickleball court. Visit lifeaidbevco.com today. Visit lifeaidbevco.com today, and you can save 20% and get free shipping on your first order with exclusive coupon code DINK20 at checkout. That's all caps DINK20. That's lifeaidbevco.com and code DINK20 for 20% off plus fast free shipping. The future of energy drinks is here. Welcome to Energy 3.0. Avi Athletics. Avi is elevating pickleball by creating exceptional athletic wear. You see Alex Newman rocking this stuff all the time. Super swaggy. They believe everyone from professional athletes to casual enthusiasts deserves well-constructed, expertly designed clothing made just for their sport. Avi differs from traditional tennis clothing with pockets that are created specifically for the size and roughness of a pickleball. The comfortable fabric and ultra lightweight feel will quickly make Avi your go-to pickleball gear for tournaments and league nights. Try it for yourself and receive a special 20% discount with code THEDINK20 at checkout. That's all caps, THEDINK20 at checkout. That's THEDINK20 at aviathletics.com, aviathletics.com for the best performance wear in pickleball. Boom. That's how we do it here. Big fan. Uh, So... Do you think we're agents of change, Zane? Uh, yeah, probably. 
because we brought it up on the podcast, all the issues with the paddle testing process. We put a blog out. And challenge system. We did that And too. challenge system. And now USA Pickleball, Major League Pickleball, the Pro Pickleball Association, all teamed up, made a joint statement that they're going to be revamping the on-site paddle testing process. Good. <laughs> Seems pretty straightforward to me. <laughs> so if we kind of look at the the high points of this thing, right? Um, it's uh, USA Pickleball is teaming up with MLP and the PPA Tour to overhaul paddle testing. There will be automated equipment <clears throat> specifically designed for paddle testing to be used on site and in the lab. A proprietary software will be created, will be created, so that's future, for data analysis. And MLP Daytona will focus on data collection and analysis of the current standards that will help establish the protocols and policies for in-field testing. So essentially the statement, they were like, oh, yeah, we're releasing this, we're, we're introducing this new paddle testing process. But really what they're saying is we're going to start surveying and collecting data so that we can, in the future, implement a new paddle testing process. So I, I think it's, it's good. Um, I don't think you want to go – they want to make sure that they get it correct, right? Yeah. And they don't want to come out with something that where we can just poke holes in immediately because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, after I had my paddle, paddle challenged, I had a lengthy conversation with uh, Carl Schmitz, who's who's now in charge of some of the um, the paddle compliance stuff for USA Pickleball. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I had I was. I like to think I was pretty rough on him, like not not disrespectful, but I was like, "Look, this, this isn't good. This is here. Here's all the reasons why somebody can still cheat," and he he acknowledged them. He acknowledged the biggest thing being the the flaw in the current the flaws in the current testing, and he showed me this thing, this computer software. Um, so there is a software. This isn't just some like future software that they're working on. No, he, he showed me something. It looks like a topographical map of a paddle surface. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have the surface of the paddle, and when you have a raw carbon surface, um, on a microscopic level, it might look something like this, where there's, like, peaks and there's some valleys. And when you use the Starrett tester, you put it down in one spot, and then it picks up a reading. You could pick it up and put it down in the exact same spot, and just because of how variable the surface is, even in almost the exact same spot, it's going to give you a different reading. Mm -hmm. um, it's so this topographical map t looking thing actually looked quite promising. Like he showed me how he can take an image of of a paddle, draw a circle on this software, and it'll give you an average of some form of surface friction. I don't know the, the physics behind it and whatnot, but it was a very interesting conversation. Prior to that, I had zero faith in paddle testing, mm -hmm. literally zero. Um, now I would put it up to 51% controlling interest <laughs> <laughs> faith in paddle testing. Um, when that comes... I don't know, but you know, 
Carl expressed some some interest in in chatting with us for sure and explaining some of it. Um, but it looked promising. What that looks like in in Daytona, I don't know. Um, but I'm optimistic I, at least. And I was very, very, very pessimistic beforehand. In fact, mm -hmm. to the point where I was saying, like, let's just drop it completely. Mm -hmm. Drop paddle testing completely. So I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but I figure you guys would like to. Yeah, that makes send sense. Send it. Know about this. <laughs> so I got a call from certain somebody last night. And it seems like as of right this second, 2.05 p.m. Central Time, I am not allowed to use my carbon paddle for PPA Austin. Um, really? Yes. As of right, as of 2.05 p.m., I am not allowed to play with uh, my carbon paddle. If I was going to play with it, then I would have to basically give my paddle out after I play for testing, but not, not on-site testing. But Sending back to NTS. Correct. And so I was also told that the reason why this happened is because, and we're talking about deflection, not about grit, because mm -hmm. uh, everyone knows that the paddle, the you know, carbon paddles got, you know, this thing going on at the last US Open and the grit levels wise, which I never saw anyway, but whatever. It is about deflection. And I was told that every paddle besides one that they tested used or new came out basically 60 percent too hot which now full disclosure i love carving i love my paddles that paddle brand new it is not a good paddle it you play with it a day two days three days every day that you play with it it gets better and better and better Right. And now it got to the point where I've been playing with the same paddle. There's like, I have like 10 different paddles and I write numbers on it to see which one's which. I'm playing with number two. The only reason why I'm playing with the number two is because I broke the number one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, I have 10 paddles sitting at home. They're all kind of used, whatever. And I just know that the more I play with it, the better it gets. So, that said, uh, I've only used two carbon series. And the reason why I'm using the number two is because I broke the first one. And Basically, my question to you guys is, what are your thoughts on, you know, let's say I play with this paddle, right? Supposedly it's illegal, supposedly. We don't know that. But how can I trust that my paddles are all illegal if I'm not seeing the testing done? Mm -hmm. I'm just being told, this, you know, all of them are illegal. Now, that's and like I said, like my, the brand new ones are not poppy. They're very soft, very much control-like. And as the paddle delaminates, as everyone knows... It gets poppier. So how could that possibly happen? So what are your thoughts? That's interesting because you said that they had tested some some paddles. Brand like, new and used, and all of them are way too hot. So even the new ones are even apparently ones. too hot. Interesting because it, it becomes a, a timing issue, right, where like a lot of times maybe these come off the – sometimes these could come off the, the rack – fine and then delaminate over time but it's it's interesting that you said that like they tested some new ones as well having that that problem but did they specify the new ones were 60 percent too hot in terms of deflection specifically Correct. yeah deflection it's all about deflection with the carbon paddles mm -hmm. so <clears throat> yeah i think i think it's 
I think uh, I'm not saying that my paddle is illegal. I'm not saying that it's not illegal. I just think at the end of the day, it would be nice to see the actual results of it. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, basically telling us that we shouldn't play with the paddle. Right. I don't know. I think it's uh I think it's uh interesting topic. If you play and then you send your paddle in for testing or whatever, is it possible that like you could get fined or you could get in trouble? I don't know, but I don't I don't want to find out. <laughs> I'd rather just not play with it at that point. Yeah. Honestly. Uh so I don't know. We'll see. I I'm I'm playing with the old carbon, uh, not the power series this tournament. Uh more like you know, the original one, which I'm more than happy to do so. I just truly think the carbon power series is the best paddle in the market. Mm -hmm. And I think you can kind of test to that, you know, based on my results lately, Thomas's results lately, Vivian's results, like, you know, every, all of us are doing really well and we've all been, so we'll see. Hmm. So are you, are you worried at all going back to the carbon? What is it? The spin series, the new ones, the power series. What's the, like, what is your, what's your outlook on the weekend given that you're not going to be able to play with the same paddle that you've been playing with? Well, it's tough. It's really tough for me because I personally don't have any more of those paddles at the moment. So I'm hoping that they'll get shipped out soon or that there'll be an answer at some point as to, you know, what paddles we can play with and not play with. Uh, so I'm a little bit worried. Uh, I haven't even played with the paddle itself yet. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Like I said, I don't even have one in my hands at the moment that I could even possibly practice with to get used to it. So it's not very promising, but, you know. And where did this, like, what was the, the line of communication here? Is this something that went from USAP to Carbon to you? Like, where did the communication stem from and end? Well, it's a PPA tournament too. It's worth sure, but now these guys are all uh, in cahoots, right? Yeah. So I got a call from PPA. Now that said, it probably has to do with every tournament out there that we play, right? So MLP or PPA it doesn't matter because they're all working together. So my guess is that they're applying the same rules to both as they are, you know, working together. So mm -hmm. interesting. So I wonder if this is a did USA Pickleball test the paddle or did PPA test the paddle or or what? I'd assume it might have been Carl because it, it was interesting to see Carl on site doing the testing at a PPA event um, on whatever that was last weekend in Daytona. I don't know. I think this is going to be uh, this is going to be more more big news. Yeah, this is the big news coming. Britney what? Spears. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. You gone? <laughs> I can't keep going. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I think it's just like it'd be good if there was some consistency. At this point, we're all like everybody's just trying to figure it. Like you as a player. So Thomas Wilson, Vivian, who else are they all in the same boat? Yeah, all 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 the carbon sponsor athletes uh all of us decided to play with the carbon power series when it came out because it was just a really good paddle right and so all of us now have to change and i don't know what that's gonna look like as of right now i truly don't have the answer to that otherwise i'll tell you guys and i'm just, I'm just waiting for garrett from carbon to give me a call i'm waiting right. to see what happens <clears throat> and so it's kind of all up in the air just unfortunate but i, I assume news. it's not the only it's not the only brand then uh 
is just the only one we know of who who's kind of like uh, on this thin ice for the upcoming tournament here. It's a good question. I don't know. I haven't heard of anybody having the same problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, I personally would like to see these certain deflection tests being done where we can actually see it. Truly, I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna try and like throw, you know, rocks or anybody under the bus. But I don't know if someone like Anna Lee could possibly hit the ball as hard as someone that's six to one hundred ninety pounds. So. We'll see. I think some paddles need to be tested, and I don't know. Hopefully, it's all we can all see for ourselves if it's all true or not. Basically, mm -hmm. yeah. I think it'd be interesting to have a little bit more transparency in some of this stuff. And I think if you're going to have published policies, and if you're going to say that this, you can only have, and I'll use you know the grit as an example because I'm more familiar with that, and that's because that's been going on for longer. If you're going to have a maximum of 43 grit, and a paddle comes back above that, well, I think I think people probably have a right to know where that paddle came in. Was it 43.1? Was it 100? Like in terms of of deflection, right? Like. Can you have somebody, can you have a third party like watching these tests, making sure they're, they're done correctly, unbiased? It's all done a little bit behind closed doors, which just, you know, maybe if USA Pickleball had been crushing it since the beginning, people would have some built up trust in their process, but they haven't. And, you know, they, are trying to rebuild that for sure. And I think the best way to rebuild that is is transparency. So I'd be curious to know, you know, why it still does seem to be a little bit behind closed doors. Yeah, it's a good question. Like I said, I just would love to see my paddle testing illegal instead of just being told that it's right. illegal. But right. We'll see. Well, here we are again. <laughs> So lesson here, everybody, don't use an illegal paddle. Just take steroids. Yep. There you go. That's or where, that's where you make the difference. Take steroids because you don't get tested and use an illegal paddle. And, and there's no policy. Yeah, exactly. Don't use the illegal paddle. You might get caught. Just take your steroids. Yeah. I like it. I agree. This is good advice. This is why you guys <laughs> here. Uh, subscribe because this is, um, this is just good stuff. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about um, nationals moving. Do we care? I, when I heard it, I was like, I don't care. It's closer driving for me, so cool. But there were some people who were up in arms about it. Um, the nationals leaving Indian Wells, and now PPA owns and operates nationals, at least owns a portion of it. Controlling interest, Zane? I don't know. <laughs> Would you guys I care at all? I mean, what, do you have an non-controlling interest? But that was just a word on the street. Mm -hmm. Do I care? Not really. Do you care? I don't know. I don't really care either. I think there's just a lot of events out there. I don't think nationals will be the same if it's not in, you know, beautiful Palm Springs uh, at the Indian Wells facility. But at the end of the day, it's just another tournament for me. So at this point, we're the tournaments all bleed together, right? One tournament is the, almost the same as as the next in in most material ways. Um, so like 
you know, nationals is a really cool venue, really cool experience for amateurs. And it's really cool as a professional to play in some of those packed center courts, right? But now we have packed center courts at Daytona, US Open, um, MLP Mesa. Like we're packing center courts pretty decently. It's cool to be at some of these these venues for sure, but I just don't know. For me, it doesn't feel super different if we're in Indian Wells or if we're at Pictona, right? The Daytona place. For me, it does. But <laughs> all right, well, then, but I, then, but then, I get then, I get what he's saying. I then, get what... then what what does feel what does feel different about it? For me, it feels like it's it's kind of just another weekend. Yeah, I mean, it is another weekend. I would probably argue that I like California better than I like Florida, personally. Uh, at the same time, uh, you know, I grew up t playing tennis, not as good as most pickleball players nowadays. I was just a pretty decent junior uh, and, you know, playing in Spain. So, I don't know, playing at a tournament where it's considered a fifth major in tennis and you kind of just come in and play pickleball on center court, which I have, I lost, <laughs> Uh and to me, that that's just a pretty special feeling that can be, uh, you can repeat over and over and over again, and you don't really get tired of it, right? Like I'm sure Nadal is like, oh, I just won another French Open, like my goodness, you know? Like it's actually it's just it's just a cool feeling in my opinion. So for me, I just think that center court it's probably better than most center courts I've ever been in pickleball. It's bigger, it's more packed. I think the venue is beautiful. Uh, it's California, so the weather is great. So it is another tournament, and we do play a lot. But to me, that venue especially does hold a little bit of a special, um, you know, place in my heart. I would say for sure. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. I think they, it's it's obviously very cool. But I think a big piece of it is they do a really good job of marketing that venue, right? Mm -hmm. Like we played. You call Indian Wells the fifth major. We played at a home of an actual major, mm -hmm. right? We played in and the home of the U.S. Open of, of tennis. It wasn't great, right? We didn't. I mean, it was cool. Don't get me wrong. It was super cool. Like, I've been there. I've watched tennis matches as a kid, but like, we didn't fill up that venue the same way that Indian Wells gets filled up. So I think not there's even, something to say. Close. Oh yeah, not even close. But I think there's something to say for the ability to use that venue as a promotional tool and i wonder if the same will be the tr the case of dallas i don't even know where it is in the dallas area brookhaven country club of course i'm actually pretty sure that uh in mixed doubles i lost twice to you that tournament did you yeah i think I, we might have been like quarter and then i got all the way back to the bronze or oh, something yeah and we i got beat up like again 11 p.m that night <laughs> yeah yeah yikes well, I, I think that's one of the interesting things is like the being able to handle all that capacity. I feel like Indian Wells would be better for that versus a country club, but I've never seen this country club. And it everything's like, bigger in Texas. Might be an enormous country club. Well, they're increasing the amount of participants by fifty percent too. Really? Yeah. So supposedly going to be bigger. So weren't there like forty courts at nationals already? There were a lot of them. And so what, that means there's going to be 60, 60 courts. I don't know if they're increasing the number of courts necessarily. It could just be a longer tournament. I don't know what, so it's 3,500 amateur and professional players. I don't know what 
Nationals was previously? I have no idea. No idea. I barely. It sounds like a lot of time. players to handle. Um, yeah. So, I guess. Uh, no, I guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Shall see. That'll be interesting. I've never been over to that to that place. Uh, Me neither. Good. Good for them. Yeah. We'll drive over there. Uh, one thing to note about the last two topics was like, okay, so new paddle testing process. It's USA Pickleball, Major League Pickleball, and the PPA. And now Nationals is USA Pickleball and the PPA. And because of the relationship between PPA and MLP, there's probably some MLP buy-in. APP is kind of outside looking in on both of these things. It's just kind of interesting because APP and USA Pickleball used to be like tied at the hip. And even when we're thinking about Nationals, if you're going to get a golden ticket to earn your spot in Nationals, aren't those APP tournaments? A lot of them are, right? So now is the PPA going to have to honor APP? I think I read something about that, that they are going to, actually. I'm pretty sure. I yeah, I assume yeah. it would be pretty bad PR to just be like, nope. <laughs> no, I think, I think I read something somewhere where, like, yeah, they were totally just going to let them do it. But I could be wrong. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's tough for uh, tough for APP for sure. I think that was a, a decent alliance that they had there. You know, if it's if it is over, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they're still running golden ticket events. Um, yeah, that's that's tough for them to be on the on the outs there. Right. I mean, I, USA. So I did talk to Chuck at USA Pickleball, and he just very clearly said, "No, we want APP involved in all of this stuff as much as possible." It just hasn't happened yet. So for for uh for what it's worth there yeah i'm not i'm not as familiar with the the golden ticket events and and whatnot i haven't played one of those in a in a in a minute um, in a while i don't think we even think about it ever no yeah no which doesn't mean that it's not a good tournament it's just not really relevant for for us yeah but yeah it's weird too because APP announced that partnership with UTR, which is going to be a direct competitor, is a direct competitor to Duper, right? Duper's line with MLP and PPA, so there could be some kind of natural fragmentation there, right? Where there's sort of like you know two sides, and USA Pickleball is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think what USA Pickleball used a third party to create their rating system. If I'm not, what is that? UTPR, right? So I don't. Oh yeah. I don't think we don't really talk about that anymore. No, not really. <laughs> I don't think that USA Pickleball is tied into is. I don't think they're formally tied into any rating system. So you could see them embrace Duper or less likely UTR. I don't know. I don't know exactly at this point what UTR has to offer. We had that announcement that they were getting involved in pickleball. Mm -hmm. And I've I've seen nothing of it. All I've know. seen is a comment on our pickleball post, like on on the Dink account. So I don't know. That's about all I got. I don't know what value is there. <laughs> they're they're watching pickleball. I, I mean, I think they're going to make a big play. It's just like, how do you? Duper's already done such a good job of infiltrating all these venues, clubs, and tournaments around the country. I mean, it's going to be tough to compete. Yeah, yeah, they have a big time first mover advantage. For sure. Duper does. Are you still sure. with Duper? Yeah, I, I am. Yeah, nice. yeah. Cool. You're on yeah, those yeah. commercials. I am on the commercials. We need to duper, <laughs> duper guys. We need to redo those those commercials. I I actually think they're really funny. I've just seen them, you know, a one thousand times. times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, 
All right, last uh, last thing we need to cover because otherwise only Voldemort podcast is going to talk about it. Chick, this kid came out of nowhere. Seems to be pretty legit. Ben doesn't seem to have too much of a problem with him in the in the finals, but obviously if you come from the qualifiers and end up in Championship Sunday, you're doing something interesting, particularly if you haven't played any pro singles tournaments before. What are your what are your thoughts on this kid? I mean, I don't know. I, I was super impressed. Really exciting style of play, and uh, a lot of a lot of shots that just make for awesome highlights. Well, I think I think in every so, okay. So I will say he was pretty impressive to watch. Um, he was obviously very good at singles. Now I will say that in every single sport out there, especially in UFC itself or just like, you know, anything that has to do with fighting or anything like that, there is always always someone out there that it's not in the spotlight that maybe has a family, so has to work some construction job or whatever, you know, whatever it is, we can't afford a gym anymore, that is not a professional in that certain thing, and they could be better than the number one player in the world or the number one wrestling thing in the world, like whatever it is. And it happens everywhere. And I'm not saying Chick is like the best player in the world, and that's not what I'm saying at all. Even though I think he's very good in singles, but I think those people will come in and out. You know, someone will play, do really well. Someone will play, do really well and fall off. I, th- I mean, I think we just see that happen all the time. And yeah, I just think there's always people out there in any specific scenario that are just better than you are. They just don't. Ha- they have a family, they have a job, or whatever it is, and you just can't do it as often as we do. Yeah, and then part of that is you guys just haven't seen him play. You don't know his playing style. So when you play him for the first time, a lot of the unorthodox things he's doing are catching you off guard. But if you play him a few times, you get used to those little nuances to his game. You kind of figure them out. You know, that advantage of being the new guy kind of subsides over time. Yeah, yeah. You get, a, you get a scouting report on people over, over time. And I think this is a, a fairly well-documented um, pattern Mm -hmm. somebody can come in and break in and they can you know surprise some people and then naturally they take a little bit of a step back as people get the the read on them and and an expectation of them right like you see colin schick in the draw and you're like okay i have a easy round i never heard of this guy before right and then next time after he kicks your ass the first time you're like okay i need to take this guy seriously i'm not gonna let him get up a game on me or whatever so like and and again none of this is to say that Colin is not a good player because I think that the things that he is doing is going to lead to a really strong pickleball career if he decides to quit that bum stuff of being a doctor and uh, pursue something meaningful like pickleball. Yeah. So I, I, I think that the athleticism <laughs> that he has is I've yet to see somebody quicker. I don't know you have have you dj i mean i, I mean outside of watching professional tennis yeah right, yeah. right. In but pickleball. on the pickleball court itself definitely not uh i haven't but i will also add that a lot of one of these skills that make a really good athlete uh in any sport is adaptability right like you see something happen it gets you and then it's okay i know that's gonna happen so I'm going to basically not let it happen ever again. And I mean, Ben is Ben Johns is like the master of that, right? Like you get Ben once and then you try again. And you're like, oh, oh, wait, 
Yeah, Colin nope. got him once. He got him in the first game, and then the next two games were yeah. I mean, beat it's downs. it's a beat down. Like it's not competitive. You kind of just you know it's you. He wins the second game. He's like four zero, and you're like, all right, sounds good. And you like turn off the YouTube, right? So I think I think for a lot a lot of us that are in that top ten, top fifteen, in the world, it, we're there because even though there might be someone more skilled, we're just, we're just able to adapt better with the circumstances than other people that are, might be a little bit better than us. They just can't deal with the wind as well. They just can't really adjust in game as well, and you know use fine. It's like that that in-game strategy that they're just not good at. And I think it's a huge, huge uh, thing to basically be what makes you a really good pickable player, basically, or any type For of sure. Sport. As people get accustomed to his patterns, can he get accustomed to theirs, right? Because mm -hmm. obviously the shoe's on, uh, on the other foot in that case, right? He doesn't know Ben. Ben doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, so can he adjust and, and make adjustments to beat Ben? Now, here's the thing. Here's why I think Colin Schick is really a, a very, very promising player in singles, especially there's two important pieces of movement in singles who covers the court best in singles currently. Who would you guys say who covers the court best at uh, the kitchen line or the baseline? Good question. Well, it's just overall who covers the, the court the best. I always think of like Julian Arnold as being able to get to shots when you think like the, the point's over and he just keeps it alive somehow. Mm -hmm. That's what comes to mind for me. I would say Federico. Federico, Julian. Federico and Julian are type one movers. And I'll, I'll say this, which means they're very, very fast. Once they get going, they can, once they get a, a, a going, they'll get to anything. You know who else is really good movers? Ben and JW, they look slow, mm -hmm. right? But they're on everything. Ben's impossible to pass. J-Dub's super difficult to pass. You watch those guys run, they're not fast. They're type two movers. They have a really, really powerful lunge. They can cover 90% of the court in one lunge, where Federico and Julian have to take two or three really quick steps. Colin is both, and that's why I think he's so promising. When he's covering at the net, his first step is incredibly powerful. At the net, he's able to take one big lunge and get to that ball. From the baseline, he's fast. He's the first person that I've seen that has the two types of movement combined. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I was I was really impressed uh, when he. When he had a lot of good wins, obviously, but especially when he beat Dylan, in my opinion, because now Dylan might not be the best singles player out there, but he plays full on pickleball, right? Like you play him in doubles, you play him in singles, mixed up, whatever it is. And you know that he's just going to pull some pickleball stuff on you that you just like, okay, well, he's a pickleball player. I'm a tennis player, right? Type of thing. And he was able to just basically see right through that and beat Dylan. Now, I think he had some really good wins at the same time, but it's more of a tennis on tennis. Like, let's see who's faster. Let's see who, get, who gets to the more. Let's see who's like an actual warrior out there, you know, a dog, right? And basically make more balls or hit better shots. But with Dylan, I was like, Dylan's going to come in, drop, play cat and mouse with him and 
probably just beat him up and it was like zero of that he just mm-hmm. like took care of business pretty well too yeah. so dylan's not a fun matchup for tennis players no, for new tennis players especially because they're like what the hell is this this is not tennis yeah 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 um, exactly but chick was able to to deal with it and it was a good match i think it was what a three-setter mm-hmm. right yeah that was a very good match but i was just not expecting that at all just like i said just someone like dylan that he he can hit a drive like in tennis but it's not a tennis drive so how do you read that you know in single especially it's like yes you just have no idea where the ball's going <laughs> true that all right well he's in uh med school so we'll see if he actually uh dedicates some serious time to this what do you think his upside is in singles mm-hmm. i think i think i mean it can be i don't know i don't play singles <laughs> <laughs> you started to play singles lately yeah a little bit is that more so are more players doing that just to get reps for like major league pickleball is that kind of what that's about so for for me it started that way um and then it kind of turned out that I personally like it. Mm-hmm. I actually do like it. Now, given that I'm playing like three or four matches max, right? Like I'm just maybe win first round, then I lose to a seed, then I maybe win one round again, and then I lose. So I'm not going through the full grind of playing a full tournament in singles like Zane would. Uh, maybe if that ever happens, I would change my mind and be like, yeah, we're never doing this again. But as of right now, it went, it went from, okay, I need to be good for sing- uh, singles for MOP purposes. And I was like, oh, wait, this is kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, I think the upside is pretty pretty high for him because he can play the cat and mouse. He's lightning fast, both types of movement. Um, he must be decently smart if he's in med school, <laughs> like to be able to, f- to figure some stuff out. Um, I think that the I think he's got a lot of a lot of potential, and the thing that I think people weren't even necessarily paying attention to was some of the things that he could create from the kitchen, the cat and mouse stuff, and going toe to toe and winning a couple of hands battles against Dylan and Ben in singles. Obviously, that's different than winning a hands battle in doubles, but still not easy to do. So I think, you know, if if he puts his mind to it, I don't see why he couldn't be a competitor for the number one spot pretty high on him mm-hmm. i love that <laughs> all right are we gonna do our, our wrap-up thing that you you made me wait for yeah but what we're gonna do is just say okay that's a pod subscribe leave a review on spotify subscribe do it again subscribe now <laughs> i like that uh but yeah that's a pod yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I don't have to